Hey, I want to thank you for joining us this weekend for our online service. Don't forget, at the bottom of the screen, you'll see some of the ways that you can connect through our texting and some of the options we have for offering and giving. So make sure you uh, make note of those. You can also see those in the information below the video, and you can check that out because we want to have you do more than just watch, more than just be a spectator, but to enter in and to be a part of what God wants to do through you and what he wants to do as part of our New Life family. So don't miss out on any of those. I want to also let you know that on our weekends, our Sundays, we have two live services at 9 and at 10.30. And maybe you're moving to the place where you're ready to take that next step. We would love to have you come. And as much as we've enjoyed doing these online services, and we're going to continue to do that, there's something about gathering together in person that is powerful. And we, we've missed that over this past year. So I want to invite you, when you're ready, when you can take that step to come back and be a part of one of our live services. Remember, Sundays at 9 and 10.30. Also, one last thing before we dive in. Uh, coming on Friday night, June 25th, we're going to have one of our summer nights. And it's going to be here on our campus in our grass quad. And we're going to have jump houses for the kids. We're going to have things like cornhole and some different games that are going on. Just a fun night to hang out. And we have some amazing food trucks that are coming. So come with your appetite. You can buy whatever food kind of works for you. We're going to have some dessert things. It's just going to be a great night to come, to hang out, to have fun as our New Life family together. So mark that on your calendar, June 25th. And we're going to be starting about 5.30 in the evening. But I hope you can come and, uh, and be part of that. Well, today's message is going to be uh, a little of a one-off, a little, a little different. Actually, this weekend for our live services, uh, we are doing baptisms. And we have a whole host of people that are coming to share their stories. And we're going to celebrate as they take this incredible step of faith. Uh, and we're doing that on both the Turlock and the Patterson campuses. And by the way, we're going to be posting a baptism video uh, of some of those things over the next few weeks so you can watch from that. But since we're not able to live stream those baptisms for you online, I wanted to share with you this weekend about what baptism really is, about what it's all about, and this new step in the journey of faith that it really brings. And so we're going to kind of roll it back and give you the original context of that. And I want you to think about Jesus when he was here uh, on earth. And if you go to your Bibles, you can read Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. It kind of gives the, the scope and, the, and the, the story of Jesus. But just after Jesus' resurrection, he gathered his followers together. And he gave them, it was kind of like that, that last instruction. Like, you know, before I take off to be with the Father, I want to share with you one more thing. And you've got to know that these last words were, were important. He was bringing it all together, kind of, kind of leaving them with the critical mission for what life would be from, from here on out. And these words were recorded in Matthew 28. And it says this, Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And then he says, I want you to con continue to, to teach them all that you have seen and heard. Just continue to do that. And so Jesus kind of lays out this, this final mission. In fact, this whole passage of Scripture is called the Great Commission. This is what, this is what you do. This is how we, we live out our faith. But I want to 
just kind of zero in on this line where he says, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Now, what Jesus did not say is, go build a building and, and people will come. He didn't say that. He said, if you are the church, if you are my followers, then go. Get out of the building, go out into the world, where, wherever you are, 24-7, 365. You be light in this world. You go live different. You show this world who I am so that they will see me and they'll begin to follow me. And then he said, and then I want you to baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. The last recorded words of Jesus. Now, this is huge, and we're going to talk today about what this baptism thing is all about. And it's kind of interesting. You can go to all different kinds of Christian churches and denominations, Lutheran and Presbyterian and Baptist and Pentecostal and Catholic, and, and you get a different take on baptism based on history and tradition. But today, instead of looking simply at the traditions that we bring to the table and I realize that no one can completely get away from those things. But what we do want to do is, is actually just go back to the Bible and what was baptism in the Bible? And what did Jesus do? And what did his followers do? And, and what can we actually see written there? Well, I want to read you this quick passage from uh, Matthew chapter 3. And this is when Jesus was baptized. And so starting in verse 13, here's what it says. Jesus went out from Galilee to the Jordan River to be baptized by John. But John tried to talk him out of it. He said, I'm the one who needs to be baptized by you. He said, so why are you coming to me? But Jesus said, it should be done for we must carry out all that God requires. So John agreed to baptize him. And after his baptism, as Jesus came up out of the water, the heavens were opened and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and settling on him. And a voice from heaven said, this is my dearly loved son who brings me great joy. It was this affirmation by the father and it came after his baptism. Now, John, as we read in the story, you just need to know he was an unusual guy. He lived and operated a little differently, but he was the most passionate preacher of his day. And he had a pretty simple message. He would go out and he would proclaim, repent and be baptized. In other words, turn around, which is what repent means. Rep turn around from the direction that you're going and instead choose to follow after God and then be baptized. And his mission was to prepare the way for Jesus, who he said was, was infinitely better than himself. And he even said, he goes, don't look to me because my role must decrease so that Jesus might increase. And Jesus comes to John and says, baptize me. And they have this little verbal sparring because John doesn't feel worthy to step into that role. And Jesus comes back and said, it must be done. We have to do things right. So John baptizes Jesus, and we know the story. The Holy Spirit descends like a dove, and the Father says, this is my son, and I'm pleased with him. Wow, I, I just want you to know that baptism is a turning point. It's a turning point. It's always the beginning of something 
new. Now it has other significance to it that we're going to look at in, in a moment. But for Jesus, it wasn't, uh, you know, my old life and my new life. It wasn't, you know, I've repented of sin and done that because Jesus was sinless. But it was a turning point and it was the beginning of a new season that God had for his son. Because we know that immediately after this happens, the public ministry of Jesus is launched. And it all started with baptism. Baptism, it's, it's, we've all heard the word before. We're, we're all somewhat familiar maybe with what it means, but where does it come from and what does it really imply? Well, in modern contemporary English, the word baptism has very strong religious overtones, right? That word just kind of comes with a lot of theological weight and connotation. In other words, we wouldn't refer to any other act of immersing something in, in water or in liquid as baptism. We probably wouldn't say, yeah, it was a hot day yesterday and you know, I, I, I dove off the diving board and baptized myself in the pool. We probably wouldn't say that because it somehow sounds like Ah, we're not taking it seriously enough, or maybe even a little sacrilegious, because baptism is a word that's reserved for a kind of holy action. But the Bible wasn't written in contemporary English. Uh, the New Testament was, was in Greek. So if we go back to the original language, we see that this word baptism comes from a Greek word that's baptisto, which doesn't really matter if you remember that, but of course you can see that you know, the similarities in those. And if you go to a Greek-English lexicon, which is a way of translating between languages, by the way, it's not a religious book, it's a language reference book. Baptizo means to dunk, to immerse, to plunge, or to submerge. It's just, it's just a reality of taking something and putting it into liquid. In fact, there's this story, uh, they, they found this document from about 200 BC and this guy, uh, they were trying to translate it and they realized that, that he was, it, it was a recipe book and he had wrote down how you prepared uh, pickles. And so literally that same word, baptisto, that's what you, you would baptisto this cucumber into vinegar. Now, we don't think of baptizing pickles but it's the same word. It was actually just an everyday word that would have been used in common language. It would describe a ship that had sunk and it was baptizo in the water. It had, it had been submerged or a piece of cloth that you would, you would dip into the dye to, to, to color. They would use this same word. So when John comes on the scene and he is immersing people, he's dunking people in the Jordan River, he's called John the Baptist. Not because it's a denominational affiliation, right? That's what we think. Well, that's a Baptist church, but because he literally was doing that. He was, he was immersing people in liquid. And so that's the term that they use. Well, this weekend in our live services, we are baptizing people. We are dipping them, immersing them in water. And guess what? They're people just like you. And I want to help you today to maybe understand the spiritual significance behind baptism. And I think this understanding is crucial because if we don't understand the weight and the significance of it, 
then we literally are just getting dunked. It's, it's literally just getting wet. But I want you to see that God has something deeper in it. God has something that he wants to convey. There's this, there's this, this obedience and this faithful step that even though this word comes from very ordinary beginnings, for us, the significance is much deeper. It's, it's, it's more than just water. It has to do with our heart and our faith and what we show this world. So I'm gonna give you a few things. And uh, if you have our note sheet, I want you to go ahead and write this down. The first is this, baptism is saying to our world, I belong to Christ. I belong to Christ. Baptism is making an outward public declaration that I am a follower of Jesus, that I belong to him, that I stand with Christ and that I am on his team. In Galatians 3, it says this, so you are all children of God through faith in Christ Jesus. And all who have been united with Christ in baptism have been made like him. So here's what we know. Baptism isn't our salvation. Baptism isn't the, the moment that we uh, are, are rescued and are forgiven and are brought into the family of God. Th that's not when that happens. That is our, our salvation journey. That's when we uh, make the commitment to put our belief and our trust in Jesus Christ. And that is the moment of rescue and salvation for us. That is when our sin is washed clean. And that is when we, we begin this lifelong journey of growing more and more to be like Christ. But the, but the challenge is always in that is like, how does anybody know? Now, hopefully they see it in us. They see it in our actions and in our heart. But the truth is when you came to Christ, it wasn't like you developed a, a you know, a Jesus tattoo on your arm. It wasn't that there was some new label that, that kind of showed up on your skin and people went, hey, did you accept Jesus Christ? There's not that thing. So how does the world know? How do we declare to those around us that I belong to Christ? Well, we can make that public declaration. And here's the deal. That public declaration is baptism. That is the moment that we stand and say, just as I'm going under the water and coming up again, that's what happened to me spiritually. I have been washed clean and made new. And baptism does that. Baptism identifies us with Jesus. There are some versions of that verse we just read that say that, that through baptism, we have clothed ourselves with Christ. So one of the things we all do now is uh, we probably have clothing that, you know, it used to be the label was in the back of the shirt or, you know, inside, you know, the, the waistband of, of your pants, whatever it is. And, and still we have those things. But oftentimes now we wear the label on the outside. You maybe have a shirt or a sweatshirt that says Under Armour or, or Nike or, or Adidas. Or, you know, we, we kind of put the brands on the outside to say, you know, that's, that's the brand that I really like and, I, and, I, and I, I'm advertising for them. Think, think about sports teams and the jerseys. And I know some of you are going, Dave, do you have any other example besides sports? And 
Uh, no, I don't. So here we go. So we wear sports jerseys and, and our favorite teams and, and whether it's locals. Some of you, if you live in Turlock, went, went to Turlock High School and you wear the blue and gold and some people wear the, the green and the silver of, of Pittman High School. And when we hold on to those things and go, yeah, that's my alma mater or that's where my kids go or that's, that's who I support. But we let it be known that that's my team. If you've been around here at all, you know that I follow the San Francisco Giants. And so I've got plenty of black and orange stuff. Some of you are A's fans. Some of you follow the Raiders. Some of you follow the the 49ers. And the truth is I love it when people dress up with their favorite sports teams. They put flags on their car and they go crazy for their team, especially if they're doing well during the year. So back a few years ago, uh, I was given tickets very graciously and was able to go to see the Golden State Warriors in, uh, in the postseason. And so got to see him uh, play the Houston Rockets and got to see him actually clinch uh, not just the division, but, but the, the Western Conference. And I mean, it was, it was so cool to be there. But I'm here in, in Oracle Arena, you know, and I'll tell you, it is, it is blue and yellow or blue and gold everywhere. I mean, people are standing up because they're just cheering for the Warriors and Steph Curry and Clay Thompson. I mean, everyone's just going crazy for that. But I'll tell you, when you looked around that arena, there was no doubt which team you were on. There's no doubt which team you were rooting for. When you were having the blue and gold on, you were going for the Warriors. All around the world, no matter if it's soccer or football or baseball or whatever it might be, people go crazy for that stuff. Well, this weekend in our live services, we're doing that for Jesus. We're standing up and letting the world know whose team we're on. We get to declare it, that we are Team Jesus. And it's not just a sports team that that may or may not do well, that he is everything to us. And we want to celebrate him and celebrate how he's bringing transformation and life to people. Remember, John the Baptist said, repent and be baptized. Well, repent means to turn around, literally whatever direction I'm going in life, usually fulfilling my own desires and what I want, and I turn around from that and the sin and the stain, and I choose to go after and follow God. I turn around from my separation from him. I turn around from sin. I turn around from following the world, and I instead move towards God. You know, when I was at that, that Warriors game, it would have been crazy to think that, that uh, one of the players for the Warriors would have, would have run into the locker room or maybe even just stood there on the sideline and, and took their jersey off and put on the Houston Rockets jersey. And now, you know, they, they were putting the basket in going this way and now they're going this way. It, that would have been crazy to see someone make such a radical turn. A repentance is a radical turn. It's literally taking off the jersey of self, taking off the jersey of this world, and instead putting on God's jersey and going in his direction. Baptism is announcing my allegiance publicly, changing the jersey from me to Jesus. Jesus went to the Jordan River, a very public place. This is where people hung out during the, during the heat of the day. It was a little cooler there. They would wash their clothes. It was like a public park with people all over. Jesus was baptized in the most public place you can imagine. 
That's why when you take that step to be baptized, I want you to invite everyone that you know, your friends and your family, your coworkers, the people you go to school with, the barista at Starbucks, the, the people from the gym. I want you to invite them all and you're gonna stand you know, maybe it'll be right here on the stage and we're going to bring out our baptism uh, tank and you're going to come out and you're going to stand and, and you're going to say, I'm choosing to follow after Jesus Christ. And you're saying, I'm not my own anymore and I'm not afraid to say it. I want everyone to know it. Why is this so important? Well, it's not the be all end all, but there's something about the public declaration that's powerful. I have people that ask me periodically, can I have a private baptism? Dave, can you just come over to my house and just, you know, me and you, and we'll just go into the pool and, and do it. And, and I want you to know during this COVID year, we've done some baptisms in pools, but it's never been just, you know, me and one person or one of our other pastors and one person, but there's family and friends, as many people as can gather during this crazy COVID year to celebrate this public declaration. It's not a private thing. It's telling the world. In Matthew 10, uh, Jesus said this, if anyone acknowledges me publicly here on earth, I will openly acknowledge that person before my Father in heaven. But if anyone denies me here on earth, I will deny that person before my Father in heaven. Now, one in a private baptism is not about denying Christ. Sometimes it's our nerves and it's, it's the anxiety that comes from maybe speaking in public or standing up in front of people. And I get it. I get it. But there's something more. And I've had people tell me, Dave, all those people, I am freaking out. And I always tell people when they get baptized, just talk to me. But understand the opportunity here. Imagine that you get to tell everyone you know. I'm following Jesus. Now, let me add one other little thing in here. I'll sometimes have people say, well, Dave, baptism isn't the only public declaration. You know, what about walking down the aisle and coming to the front of the church to accept Jesus Christ? And some of you have, have asked me at times, and I've been asked this question, Dave, how come we don't do that? How come we don't have people walk to the front and, 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 and do that? And I'll tell you, there's nothing wrong with that. that that's a totally fine thing to do. You also need to know that it's not all that, all that old of a, of a process. In fact, the very first time that was done was, was only a little over a hundred years ago that an evangelist decided to have people come up. Jesus didn't do that. The disciples didn't do that. That wasn't part of their process and, and DNA in doing that. Uh, baptism is the event where we publicly stand and declare Christ. We can do it in other ways, but baptism is the one the Bible sets up as our declaration of faith. The second thing I want you to write down is this. Baptism is showing that I've died to my old life. Now, this is where we differ from Jesus because he didn't have to do that. He did it as an example for us. But look what Paul says in Romans 6. He says, or have you forgotten that when we became Christians and were baptized to become one with Christ, we died with him. We died and were buried with Christ by baptism. I know that sounds a little different. Uh, and you may even be thinking, Dave, what do you mean that I died with him? Well, the Bible talks about our our flesh or our old nature or that old part of us that was driven on becoming our own God. 
you know, managing our own thing, trying to be our own salvation. And the Bible says that when we come to Christ, that old us that is kind of in bondage to sin and stain and the world, that old us is crucified. And when you came to Christ, that old you died. Now, it didn't change your personality, didn't, didn't change, you know, who you were and how you were wired kind of a thing. But that old you is dead and gone. And baptism is this way of symbolizing that it has died and you have been risen anew in Christ. I've had people ask me, well, Dave, should I be put all the way under in baptism? Isn't sprinkling or, or pouring enough? And I'll be really honest with you that I don't think God is splitting hairs on that whole thing. I don't think if you were sprinkled or they were poured water on you that God is going, nope, not good enough, not accepting it. I, I, I refuse to go along with that. I don't think that's the case at all. But personally, I think that going all the way under, we call that immersion, full immersion. I think that's a better picture of what the word baptize actually means. I think going all the way under captures the truth of this sense that we have died to our old life. What we practice here is we baptize and literally I'll say in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and I'll take someone by the hand, I'll put them all the way under the water. And the picture of that is burying the old life. And th think about it this way. When someone is baptized, they go under the water, showing the death of that old sinful you. And then it's a picture when they're coming out of the water of rising again to new life. Now that isn't the moment that it happens. That happened when you came to Christ and received his forgiveness and chose to follow after him. But baptism is the public picture of it, of a brand new you, a brand new beginning. It's also why baptism is for those who have chosen to believe and follow Christ. When you look through the Bible, you will never see an instance of babies or infants being baptized. Now, I understand the process today, and I understand the theology and, and what people are going through in that. But, but in the Bible, you won't see that. And you won't see people just going, well, everyone else is doing it. I guess I'll decide to do it too. Baptism is, is seriously taking the step of saying, I have chosen to follow Christ and I want to make that public. Listen to what Paul writes again. He says, since we have been united with him in his death, we will also be raised as he was. Our old sinful selves were crucified with Christ so that sin might lose its power in our lives. We are no longer slaves to sin. For when we died with Christ, we were set free from the power of sin. See, here's the truth. Whenever that old sinful nature tries to come back and say, just do this, just do this, just follow this. And we know that we wrestle with that every single day. We can say, you know what? You're dead. This temptation, this old sin has no power over me because I've been made new in Christ. Jesus is more powerful and you've been set free to live for him. The last thing is this, baptism is living a new life. And this is what is so powerful that in baptism, you are starting differently. There's a brand new beginning. 
And I don't know really how to explain it maybe fully, but the Holy Spirit is active. The Holy Spirit fills you. And the same power and spirit of God that 2,000 years ago raised Christ from the dead takes up residence in you and you have access to the heart of God through his Holy Spirit. Romans 6 says this, and just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father, now also, now we also may live new lives. Brand new life in Christ. Do you know it's one of the reasons why this church is named New Life? Because that's what Christ has come to give us. A new beginning. You know when I was sharing you at the beginning the kind of origins of this word baptisto, this whole immerse in, in something. One of the examples they give on that is when, and, and they find this in ancient writings, when they would take a piece of cloth and they would baptisto it in color dye. And they would dip it in and immerse it and let it sit for a little bit, depending on how dark they wanted to make it. And when it came out, that cloth was now a different color. It was changed and it was different. And that's what happens in me when I'm baptized. And that's what happens in you when you take that step of baptism. You are changed forever. And all the old stuff, old sin, old fears, old ways of living, guilt and trash and shame, it's gone, dead and buried. And you have been made new in Jesus Christ. Well, what happened after Jesus' baptism? Well, he began his public ministry. And we'll tell you this, when you are baptized, you stand with Christ, you die to the old self, you're raised to a new life, a different life, and guess what? Your ministry in Christ begins. Now, you may have been doing some stuff previous to that, but the Bible says there's something new in this, and we see it in Jesus. Ministry begins, and you go, well, well what do you mean by that? Well, it means you get to fulfill the calling that God has placed on your life. To take the gifts and the skills he's given you and to put those into motion. And you may say, Dave, I'm just a stay-at-home mom. No, you're not. You're now a minister mom. And you may say, well, I'm just a kid. No, you're not. You're a minister kid at your school and to your friends. Well, I'm just a high school student. No, you're not. You're a minister on your campus. I'm just an insurance agent. I'm just this. I'm just that. I'm just a teacher. We we can throw all of those things out, but guess what? You're now a minister of Jesus Christ. He's going to use you to be an ambassador in this world. And you may do your job and your profession to pay the bills and to be productive, but your true occupation is that you're now a minister of Jesus Christ. And God has sent you out into this world. And he says, go and make disciples. Go and shine your light. Go and love and extend grace. Go and live my truth and show others true. You are not the same. You have been made new. So I want to challenge you. For some of you, maybe you've never taken that step of faith, even to say, I want to be made new. I want to be forgiven and I want to be set free. And that is as simple and as challenging as praying a prayer and just saying, Jesus, would you forgive me of my sin and would you wash me clean? I'm choosing you as my Lord and Savior. And you can literally just pray that, but it has to come from you your decision to put your belief and your faith and your trust in Jesus. I want to encourage you to do that. And if you'll take that step, 
And you're going to see on the screen here, uh, you can text the word decision to 30500 and we'll send you something right back and, and we'll be praying for you and taking that first step. But, but literally just making the prayer your own. You go, Dave, I've never prayed before in my life. You don't have to get this right. You, you don't have to get just certain words or certain phrases. You just, you just pray, Jesus, I want you and I want to follow you and I, I want to I want my life to be about you. You just make it your prayer. But text that word decision because we want to be praying for you as you do that. But the next thing is you can take that step of baptism. Some of you, I know it, it can be a little fearful, but let, I'll tell you, we'll walk you through the whole thing. And it's not just a, a hoop to jump through. It is a celebration to share a little bit of your story and to, to pray together and to tell this world I belong to Jesus. I always tell people, ask them two questions. Have you accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior? And do you desire to follow him? Those are the, those are the two questions that I'll ask every time. And as you answer those, I'll pray over you and baptize you. And you can begin a new work and a new ministry for the kingdom of God. Would you pray with me? Father, thank you so much for this time that we've had to just look at this baptism thing and what it means and how powerful it is. And Lord, I know that it's, it's more than just water. It's more than just a dunking. It's more than just a spiritual ritual. But Lord, it is this public declaration that we belong to you, that we're on your team, that we're choosing you. And we're not afraid to let anyone know that we're going to follow you in our lives. Lord, out of that comes growth and depth. There's something that launches ministry. All these things happen when we take a step of obedience and faith in you. So Father, we thank you. We love you. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, if you're watching this on Saturday night, I would encourage you to come on Sunday morning and watch and be part of our baptisms. If you're watching this later, no worries. But know this, coming this fall, we're going to do another baptism. And this may just be the time. It's your time and you can be part of that. Hey, thanks for joining us for this online service. Hope you have a great week. Be blessed and be a blessing.